Maryland basketball makes a surprising comeback. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Maryland basketball makes a surprising comeback last night against Iowa. The Terps beat Iowa 78-66 to in Big Ten play to move to 14-11 overall. Actually the same record as Iowa now. And the Terps absolutely owned Iowa this year. We own them. We sweep them. We beat them twice. We beat them at home at our place last night. Of course, we had one of our big wins of the season was beating them on the road. We sweep the Iowa Hawkeyes. We own them this year. I think we were the better team than them. We clearly showed something. We figured something out against this Iowa team. We clearly showed that we could beat them and that we were honestly the better team against them. I think a big part of it is I guess we matched up well with this Iowa team. I can't even tell you exactly why. I can I can give you maybe like something here or there, but we always just seem to play better against Iowa and someone would always step up, but we just own this Iowa team, sweeping them in Big Ten play. You don't want to get sweeped by Maryland this year. If you get sweeped by Maryland this year in Big Ten play, that's probably not the best of look, and I'm – saying that as a Maryland guy, because we haven't been that good this year at all. So getting two Big Ten wins from Iowa this year, both on the road and at at home as well, of course last night was at home, is a pretty nice little deal for the Terps, especially as things were starting to look bad, as we weren't really, we weren't winning much at all, but the Terps showed some heart last night, they showed some grit, and it surprised me a little bit because I chose Iowa to win the game. I did. I thought Iowa was going to win the game at home. I thought they were going to cover the spread. I thought they were I thought they were better than us and I thought the first game wasn't going to show wasn't going to be the eventual how this game was going to go. I didn't think it was like a peek into how the future was going to go. I didn't think this game was going to be similar. I thought we got a little bit lucky the first time we played them with the short a poor shooting performance against us and all those type of things. I just thought that Iowa didn't play their best ball against us in the first game, and we got kind of lucky. But this game against Iowa, the second game against Iowa, beating them twice, it's we're, we're better than Iowa. We had something figured out. We matched up well with them. I'm not going to say it was a coincidence, but that's part of the reason why I chose us to lose. And, of course, we can never finish out close games, but this game didn't end up being really that close at the end, but the Terps did have to come back. It was not an easy win at all. It was a big time comeback by the Maryland Terrapins, and it was a pretty cool to watch us come back in a game that seems like it doesn't matter a lot. There's no crowd. There's not a lot going on. There's not a bunch of people to cheer you on. It's hard to find motivation in those type of games. I play college sports right now. If your season is done and 
there's nothing really to play for. You're not going to make the playoffs. Okay, we're going to the Big Ten tournament, but it's going to be really hard to do anything in that. It's hard to find motivation. It's hard to find something to play for, but Maryland Terrapins found a way to still do that. And still, even though they were down against the Iowa team, they found a way to come back. And that that's pretty big time by the Terps. But in the first half, we were down 37 to 31. Nothing crazy. Uh, definitely a margin where we could come back. And we've come back at different times this year. We've had a couple of games where we have come back. We've also had a couple of games where other teams have come back against us. But they looked like they had us handled. They thought they were doing a lot of good things. It looked like they had the right game plan. It looked like they fixed a lot that went wrong in the first game. It looked like they had us under control, especially in the first half. And then even to start the second half, there were times that this Iowa team went up by 10 points and they were up by double digits and things weren't looking good. And I didn't know how the Maryland team would respond at home. I was, I was just waiting. I thought maybe Maryland could go on a run, but I wasn't sure. I was thinking hmm, maybe something's going to happen here, but I was also like this Iowa team looks like they got it under control. It looks like they just might end up winning the game. But the Terps were able to show that they can come back and they can still win a game where they haven't played well in the they haven't played particularly well in the first half in a game where they've gone down by 10 points at times because the Terps finished the game, which this has to be one of our biggest runs of the year. But we finished the game on a 34 to 12 run down the stretch, which is pretty crazy to think that we finished the game on a 34 to 12 run. Like this Iowa team had complete control of the game. Something flipped. Something flipped for the team. We started to figure things out. Jameer Young got going. Deshaun Harris Smith got going. I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but. Something flipped for the Terps. I don't know if Kevin Willard was able to do some things, figure some things out, but it just completely flipped when we started going on that run to go from us losing the first half 37 to 31 to winning the second half 47 to 29. And the thing about that is sometimes you see that against like a lesser opponent. I feel like you see that sometimes where it's close in the first half, maybe it's a slow start by the better team, and then you just blow the the, the you blow out the lesser opponent in the second half and it's not even close after you make a couple adjustments and adjust to them. That usually happens against much lower tier type of teams that that anybody could play. But this Iowa team, this isn't like a bad Iowa team. So it wasn't like, oh, like this is close and okay, they have the lead, but now we're going to go turn turn the knob and we're just going to blow them out. No, Maryland had to make real adjustments, real adjustments on offense, find a rhythm on defense. They had to do all those different things that, that you have to incorporate in a basketball game to be able to win this game. It wasn't just like you just flip a switch on and off and it's like we're just better than you guys. We're just way more talented. I could argue Iowa honestly is the better team. They're much better than us offensively, and that's what that leads me to my next point is that Maryland was able to come back. A big part of it is because of the defense. Iowa's offense, though, which was what I was just talking about, Iowa's offense is straight up better than our offense if you look at the statistics look on Kempom, if you look on how the Big Ten measures us, they talked about in the pregame and at halftime, I think, is that that Iowa has the second had the second best offense going into in the Big Ten going into that game against us, which was interesting. It was interesting because Maryland had the best defense. And the analyst said in the pregame show, it was like Maryland's offense versus Iowa's 
or Maryland's defense versus Iowa's offense, something's going to have to give. And I think that was extremely part of the comeback was Maryland's defense, which has been there all year. Holding Iowa to, to 66 points is not a bad mark at all. Not a bad mark at all for one of the best offenses in the Big Ten, especially after what they were able to do in the first half. And overall, it wasn't a bad mark, I didn't think, to hold them to 60 to 66 um, points. So I thought our defense won that matchup, and that's what they were saying. And I agreed. They said whoever wins that matchup between the Iowa offense, second in the Big Ten, and Maryland defense, first in the Big Ten, is probably going to win the game. And I think Maryland defense did a pretty good job. Maybe at times it was like, yeah, but Maryland, I thought Maryland defense did a really good job again. And a lot of the patterns from the first game showed, again, they showed up. We're a bad three-point shooting team, and we only shot 23%. But the Terps were smart. The Terps were smart about not shooting. We didn't shoot a three. We didn't have a three-point attempt in the last 10 minutes of the game. So that was interesting. We decided to stick to our strategy, get to the rim, stick to our strength. Whereas Iowa, we were able to, like I was talking about on defense, they again, we forced them to shoot a pretty bad percentage from three. We forced them to shoot in the 20s again from the three-point line, which was just like the first matchup. And a big part of that, you have to credit our defense for for them not making a lot of shots. There was a lot. If you remember down the stretch, they were attempting so many tough three-point shots that were some of them were like way off, just air balls. We got them in the low clock situations. Our defense was a big reason why we came back in that game, and we snapped the losing streak. The losing streak, was it was pretty bad. We had lost three straight. We had lost games that I didn't think we should have lost, and we lost to some teams that weren't very good overall, like that Rutgers team I was talking about. I was getting attacked by the Rutgers fan base because it seemed like all the Rutgers people watched our my show and it were like, I just watched this guy talk bad about Rutgers for 20 minutes. Hold that L. And, I mean, I didn't really care, but, I, I mean, I thought it was more funny than me, like, actually, like, caring. But we lost to a Rutgers team, which I wish we didn't lose to. But overall, I thought Rutgers wasn't very good. But we've lost three straight now. And for us to come back and win that game against Iowa, to have that kind of defensive performance, to have that comeback, show that grit, where the crowd was almost zero. That did not look like a Big Ten game. That looked like a, that looked like a game where we're playing Coppin State or some lower-tier team in the middle of – our non-conference schedule. It didn't look like one of those big-time games overall. So for the team to still come back and play well down the stretch, that's a big deal. And going that run that I talked about, that's a big deal for the Terps. It showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of grit, that they care about Maryland basketball, and they have a lot of pride, and that they're actually playing for something. So good job from the Maryland team to be able to do that and to be able to force an Iowa team that shoots the ball usually pretty well, force them to shoot only 27.3% from three, and able to snap our bad losing streak. I think we did a lot of good things. We stuck to our strengths down the stretch, didn't shoot a lot of shots, a lot of three-point shots. I liked what Kevin Willard brought to this team today. But one player was very impressive overall, and the freshman really stepped up. I want to talk about those guys who showed a lot and had their best game so far as a Terp. I will get into that after this ad from FanDuel.
Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So you only have to bet on anything you want. Any $5 bet that you want to make on FanDuel and you get $150 in bonus bets, it seems like a pretty good investment to me. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams as the NBA season continues to go. I know a lot of you guys love to watch the NBA, whether you want to bet on LeBron points or you want to bet on Giannis points. You can do all that type of stuff on FanDuel. You can make same-game parlays if you want to combine different selections, like you want to take Giannis rebounds and LeBron assists, as well as a couple other things. Maybe you want to take Luka Doncic, or maybe you want to take your favorite team to win. Maybe you're a, a Wizards fan. Maybe you want to take the Wizards to win. You can do all that type of stuff on FanDuel. Live same-game parlays, quick bets, and exclusive props just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA and the official sports book partner of us as well. Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser showed what they could be, specifically Deshaun Harris-Smith. Deshaun Harris-Smith played by far. It wasn't even close. Not close at all. The best game I have seen him play as a Maryland Terrapin. And he showed a lot of promise. And he was a big reason we we won. He played, he played his best game. It was a great game by him. A really good performance overall. The best game I've seen him play by far. We have talked a lot about Deshaun Smith. Deshaun Harris-Smith on this podcast and I'll be honest I've had a lot of criticism about him I think he works extremely hard I think he's going to be a good player in the future I just think he has he's struggled this year and my job is to talk about his struggles and seeing him perform well tonight I love I love seeing him perform well well or last night excuse me I love seeing him perform well, because I know he struggled at different parts in the year. I know he struggled overall. And the interesting thing about last night was Maryland decided to change their lineup. They actually took out Deshaun Harris-Smith. So Deshaun Harris-Smith's best game came off of him coming off the bench, which was kind of interesting for him to have his best game coming off the bench. But you, I've seen this before in basketball. Different players play better when – There's not that pressure of being in the starting lineup, and Deshaun Harris-Smith might be one of those guys. I'd continue to bring him off the bench. He can still play starter minutes, which he did last night, but you don't have to start him. Continue to start Jahari Long, which I've been screaming at Kevin Willard. I've been like, Jahari Long has to start. He has to start. And he he did start, and Jahari Long didn't do anything special. Deshaun Harris-Smith did, but – I like the fact that Kevin Willard changed the lineup and took they put Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser on the bench and said, hey, you guys are our future. You guys are our best player, are going to be some of our best players in the future, but your confidence is low. We're going to need you guys to get better. We're going to need you guys to shoot the ball better. We're going to need a lot of different things to happen for you guys to be able to become those type of players. Let's try you guys coming off the bench where it's less pressure. And I thought that really helped. That really helped 
us out because Deshaun Harris-Smith hadn't been playing well. It's not a secret. He's been really struggling shooting the ball. He hasn't been able to make shots. He's been struggling offensively. And that's when I started – I was – I mean, I feel like I was reasonably questioned, like, what could he become? Like, what was he? Was he always going to have – some of these offensive limitations, were those always going to exist? I never expect him to become an elite shooter, but just after a good performance, you just have more of a feeling that they can be a good player just because you've seen it. And I haven't seen one of those type of performances where I've been like, that's the guy that was that top 40 recruit. That's the guy that was a blue chip type of recruit and that a bunch of schools in the country wanted him. That's the guy that was Mr. Basketball in the state of Virginia. That's the guy who Kevin Willard said was the best freshman he's ever coached. That's guy. I hadn't seen that yet. I hadn't seen one of those moments. So it was hard for me to kind of be like, he's going to be a star one day still because he was struggling shooting the ball. He was struggling offensively. He was turning over the ball a good amount. He was still starting every game. And sure, you would see something there and here and be like, oh, okay, okay, Deshaun, that's a good, that's a good take. That's a good bucket. But you still didn't see any consistency at all. And so for him to be able to be pretty consistent in that game, really consistent in that game, actually, where I saw a confident Deshaun Harris Smith, a versatile Deshaun Harris Smith, a shot maker Deshaun Harris Smith, what I saw at PVI, the school he went to at high school. That's when I was like, hmm, if Deshaun Harris-Smith can do that, then he can help us a lot in the future. And he's going to be one of our guys. He's going to be our core. He's going to be one of those guys that I don't see him as a guy that leaves early for the NBA. I don't see him as that type of person. But he's going to be a guy that we can build around in college overall. And those guys really can make your program, the guys that are there for three, four years. But actually getting into his performance, he dropped 17 points a career high, had six rebounds and three assists, which is pretty big time for him. He showed versatility. He did it in different ways. He made a couple of threes. He did it efficiently as well. He shot 66% from the three. He shot 70% from the field, only 50% from the free throw line though. If he wants to continue to get better and able to continue to rack up points and do that overall and become a better scorer. It's got his shot has to get better from the free throw line. He shows in spots he can make the shot. It's just about adding that consistency. And if he can do that going into next year, he's going to be a good player because he can get to the rim. And when teams have to respect the three-point shot more, then he's going to be in a really good spot overall. But a performance like this can get a guy going as well. This is You just need one performance as a basketball player to be like, or really as an athlete in general, to be like, yeah, I, I got my swagger back. What's That's that little quote. That I forget who said that, but I got my swagger back again. So I think Deshaun Harris-Smith got his swagger back a little bit. So next game, can we expand on that? I'm not expecting him to maybe go for 17 again, but can you have another efficient day scoring the ball? I don't know if you're going to start. I would tell Kevin Willard not to start you again. Bring him off the bench. It showed like it showed well against last night against Iowa. I would do that again. And then Jamie Kaiser also contributed big time minutes. Both of them were playing down the stretch, which, if you remember, is exactly what I said in a previous podcast. I said, "How do we end this year successfully, even though we're not going to the big dance?" And I said that Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith are the two most important things. Play them. I don't care if they're playing bad. Just play them a lot of minutes. 
get them experience overall. And if they're playing well down the stretch with, I just saw a game where both of them played well. Kaiser had nine points as well. If they're both playing well, then it's a success down the stretch. It's a success. Even if we lose every single game, if they're playing at their top end talent and they're dropping and Deshaun Harris Smith is dropping 17 points, the end of the year is a success going into next year because we really have to allow these guys to take a step up. So it was a great performance from Deshaun. Kaiser also played well. I love seeing them play at that elite level overall. Coach Loxley landed another 2025 commit that I want to talk about. I will tell you about him after this ad from the Game Time app. Have you ever want to go to a game at the last minute like a Maryland Terrapins game, but finding tickets is hard. I've been there before. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. I know a lot of you guys want to go to games. I know you want to maybe go to an NBA game, an NHL game. The hockey season's going on. The football season, of course, is wrapped up. There's plenty other games you can go to. And game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports Music, comedy, and theater near you, not just games. They have other stuff. I know some of you guys like music and concerts and comedy and theater. They have all that. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time has deals on the tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's a place to find tickets at the last in last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off the big game ticket. So make sure you get the Game Time app. Let's talk about this recruit that Coach Lotsley added, another 2025, a big commitment. Maryland football, a couple days ago, added Khalil Stewart, second player to commit in the 2025 class. Stewart is an offensive lineman, which is I like. I like that we're recruiting big time on offensive line. I'll talk about that a little bit in a second. But he goes to St. Joseph's Prep School in Philly, definitely a really solid football school overall, but he is from Philadelphia, which is pretty cool that he's from there because of a reason, a, a specific reason that we'll talk about. But he's a pretty big kid, 6'4", 305 pounds, definitely shows up on, on the tape. If you watch his tape, he pancakes multiple guys. Like He's just bringing guys to the, to the ground. He's definitely got a lot of strength overall to him, so he's a pretty big-time player in that type of aspect maybe he's got to work on his feet still but he's got all that strength and big time meat on him right now and he can still get a lot stronger overall and he does play guard which is interesting so he plays inside at guard which makes a lot of sense at 6'4", 305 already, it makes sense for him to play guard. And I think I think that is the position that he will play in college. So it's, it's not like one of those situations where sometimes there's tackles that you that you're gonna that are really gonna be centers in college or gonna be a guard in college. It's not that situation. This kid is going to be a guard, I think, in college. 
I'm not an expert at offensive line play, so maybe I'm wrong. But I will say if I'm wrong, if they play him somewhere else in the future. But right now, he looks like he is going to be a garb overall. He's a three-star, ranked as the 18th best player in PA, and 683rd ranked nationally, which is a pretty solid player for sure. Definitely a pretty good player on recruiting websites. I love looking at his other offers. His other offers included Boston College, Kentucky, Maryland, Penn State, Duke, Virginia Tech were just some of the offers. So we did beat out some other programs, some definitely power five programs overall, definitely programs that we want to beat out, especially especially Virginia Tech and Penn State, I would say, because those are probably two programs that are pretty close to us. And we have lost some battles against Penn State. And the reason I said that Penn State is important or Pennsylvania, him being from Pennsylvania is like interesting and important is because Penn State wanted this guy and the recruiting websites actually had him predicted to Penn State. I looked at on three, I think it was, it looked like they had him at like 90% to Penn State. So they were pretty sure he was going to Penn State, but he instead decided to go to Maryland. And we have lost a lot of recruits to Penn State, whether it's in the portal, whether it's just on signing day, whatever it is, Penn State loves to come into Maryland and get recruits. They do a really good job of it. They get a lot of our top recruits in Maryland. So it's nice that we are able to go into Pennsylvania and get some of their recruits. I think that's a pretty big deal. That's why I think beating out Penn State is big because they love to steal our big-time recruits. I think getting another offensive lineman is also important, continuing to get offensive linemen because clearly the 2024 class, that was an emphasis in the class. It brought in plenty of offensive linemen, some really high-level guys, Shrez Davis, Ryan Howerton. I've talked to both of those guys, interviewed both of those guys before for the um, Maryland Inside Maryland Sports and 247 page. So those guys are really cool people. They're really cool people to talk about, but there was clearly an emphasis on getting offensive linemen overall in that class. And I think it's going to be an emphasis again. I, I love recruiting offensive linemen, especially high-level ones, because I think that's the difference between us right now. I'm going to keep saying it. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, those top teams in the country, they have another level of offensive line play that we have not hit yet. And I think that's the main difference. On the outside, at receiver, at running back, I think we can match up fine. I think we do a pretty good job out there. Maybe Ohio State has better receivers than us, but it's not like so far away that it's like, oh my gosh, yes, Ohio State is the best receivers in the country. But the real difference, I think, is up front in these games overall. So having this emphasis on recruiting offensive line, I love overall. But that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're here every day talking Maryland football and basketball. So thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.